I want to consider this afternoon a matter of faith. And I guess really it would still go even there. Faith in the promise of a Messiah. A plan that was purposed from before the foundation of the world and worked itself out according to God's directed purpose all the way to the culmination of our Savior being seated at the right hand of God ever making intercession. There's a lot to be to have faith in. There's a lot to be hopeful in those ideas. So I want us to look at the book of James this afternoon, chapter 2, and I want to consider verses 14 through verse 26, and I'm going to mention Mark one more time. Mark meant he was sorry, then he wasn't sorry far as going to the Bible drills. I like Bible drills. So um, they'll probably be less than normal, but I would not make any apology. Could you know as long as I've been preaching there's still some place that I find trouble finding? There's some verses I have trouble finding. So um I need them as well as anybody else does. So look at James chapter 2. It's going to read in verse 14. And I'll read down to the end of the chapter. What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked, and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith. I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith with thy works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works his faith was made perfect, and the scriptures was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Yea, also, well, yea, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot 
justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Our Father, now this time that you've afforded unto us to once again assemble together to Father read your word sing songs of praise under your name under your works under your purpose may we now enter into this opportunity to look into your word which you have preserved for us this very hour May we take full advantage of it. And may we leave here this afternoon, Father, since it's been good to be in your house. May we, Father, be pleased to serve you, to honor you, to do all that which you purpose for us to do. For knowing, Father, our spirit may be willing, but our flesh is weak. We depend upon you guard and to keep for Christ's sake. Amen. When I read this verse, it's like James all of a sudden jumped to a whole different subject. If you notice in verse 11 of chapter 1 or chapter 2, for he that said, do not commit adultery, that also do not kill. Now if thou commit adultery, no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, and they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that, hath, that showeth no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Then he says, what doth it profit my brethren. Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? I would love to know in the mind of James, though I know it was the Spirit of God leading him, what entered his mind to shift from the law and mercy to a matter of faith. But yet in today's climate I can think of very few greater topics to consider as a matter of faith. James says what does it What advantage is it if a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? I'm going to say, can his or her faith save them? In the case we've been wondering, It is really salvation that James has in mind here. Can faith save him? 
What is it that we as human beings, vile, wicked, mortal creatures, what is it that we need above all else? The salvation. To be delivered from our sins. For have our sins washed away. To have our sins no longer against us. comment was made in the first message. I won't mention the man's name. I said I wasn't going to do that anymore. But we were a gift. We were given to Christ. The likes of me. I don't know about you. But God gave me to God gave us to him. And what did he say he came here for? I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So there's nothing else that we need to have in our mind this morning, this afternoon. It is faith unto salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, you haven't got to turn there. It says, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God. So again, it is faith under salvation that James has in mind here. It is a particular faith, faith unto salvation. Several years ago, one of my younger brothers, who has since left this life, had a rather serious surgery. I mean, he was in the hospital like six or seven months. But his ex-wife at the time spent a lot of time at the hospital. And she would constantly say, just have faith, just have faith, just have faith. And every time she said it, faith in what Wanda what is the faith you're talking about in faith today is spoken of as having a standalone power just have faith without any concrete substance without anything to hold on to or without anything sure and stable, just have faith. Faith must have a source. Faith must have an object. You know, when I was in grade school, I was quite adept at what these call diagramming sentences. You know, the subject, the verb, and the prepositions and all the things that go along with it. Faith has to have a direct object. There must be something of this faith. Faith for faith's sake is what value. What's it directed toward? Again, the faith that James is here speaking of 
must have a definite object in mind. When one says they have faith, they're saying that there's something in their mind and in the heart that they are depending on. There is something to them that is worthy of their confidence. There is something in their mind and in their heart that is stable that they can look to. But what is it? What is it that we're looking at? And the fact that James says here, what doth it profit, my brethren? Now, I understand that James is writing to Jews. And maybe he's saying the brethren are just Jews that he's writing to. But I'm more of the mind that James is saying here. Brethren, you that say you believe, consider your faith. Check your faith. Analyze your faith. What is your faith in? Can the faith that you have save you? By grace are ye save can your faith can the instrument of your faith save you that is the ultimate question and I believe that is a question that we have to ask ourselves even today as long as we've been saved I was saved in about 1974 you know I still need I firmly believe Check my faith. What am I trusting in? What am I basing my faith on? What's behind it? You know, look at our monetary system. There has to be something backing up our money. There's got to be. It cannot just be a bunch of bills and tokens printed and stamped out with nothing to back it up. Because if there's nothing to back it up, there's no substance to it. It really doesn't mean anything. I'm afraid that's kind of what we've got today in 2022, almost 23. I'm not real big on this day Thanksgiving is when I really enjoy not that I don't marvel at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ but you know this last Thanksgiving was the most expensive meal I have ever put together I love to cook I've never spent so much money for one meal in my life. And it wasn't much different than previous years. What's our money, what, what's backing it up? Really, for all practical purposes, just the, the government, because it says it's going to be, we'll back it up. But there must be something dependable behind whatever it is we're resting in. Faith is an assurance. 
that what one is holding on to is secure and stable. A life jacket. An inner tube. A passing log. You grab hold of that log, you grab hold of that life jacket because you believe it will save you. It'll keep you from drowning. Well, folks, faith has to have some substance. Now I want you to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 17. In Acts 17, I'd like for us to consider verses 30 and 31. In the time of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all and that he that raised him from, I'm sorry, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Repentance commandeth all men everywhere to repent and to give assurance. That word assurance is our word faith in James chapter 2 and verse 14. Repentance and faith. Those two things are essential for salvation. Which again is what James is drawing our attention to. Can faith save him? What is our hope after judgment? Our hope after judgment is the Lord Jesus Christ, his resurrection, and us following his resurrection in our own. In the book of Acts also, chapter 20, verse 20 and 21, Paul ties repentance and faith permanently together. Acts 17, verse 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. God commanded all men to repent towards him. God commanded all men to exercise faith towards Christ. There is the substance of of our faith. 
if your faith does not rest in that I'll answer a question that James asked in chapter 2 and verse 14 can that that faith save you no if your faith is not towards the Lord Jesus Christ there is yet no salvation and our brother Mel may call me down after I say that but I firmly believe if your faith is not rock solid in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that God raised him from the dead given the victory over death your faith will not save And I believe that's why James said, Brethren, check yourself. Study your faith. Look at it. Look at it from front to back, side to side. What is the object of your faith? Where's your assurance? What are you resting in? What are you comforted in? Consider this point. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it was going to be a bit of a lengthy reading. First Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, there's our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. So first of all, Paul is saying, your faith is supposedly in Christ, who rose again. But if he did not raise again, your faith is vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be, that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. And you are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, or perished. Our loved ones that died in Christ, they perished. That's all for them, if Christ be not raised. If in this life only we have faith and hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. This is the faith that James has in mind. The resurrected Christ. Christ was born. Most assuredly he was. He was born the day, the hour, the place, that God purposed to be. He lived for 30 some years 
He walked before God pleasingly in all ways. He died on the cross at Calvary. And if it stopped there, we're yet in our sin. But three days later, he rose from that grave, victorious over that death. There's not a seat at the right hand of God. Ever make it intercession for us. That's our faith. And our faith is not just in the fact that Christ rose from the dead. But when he rose, he left this earth 40-some days later. And took again the throne that he had at the right hand of God, the Father. And from there, he sits, interceding, pleading our case before God, day in, day out, without end. Do you know if there was one day that Christ was not sitting there, interceding for us we'd be lost think about that for a moment if he missed a day they didn't intercede what would we be folks the purpose and the plan of God in Christ is the only thing we have to hold on to Every single thing that that child that was born to Mary in that manger in the city of Bethlehem, everything that he did from that time on, even before that time to this time, has all been done for the likes of us. There are times that I know good and well my brothers didn't like me. They were not happy with me. Lisa asked me coming over this morning, did my two boys ever fight? I don't remember they ever fighting, but they squabbled a lot. But my oldest brother and I used to go, I have to go to physical contact. Which was kind of dumb on my part. He was always bigger than I am, than I was. He stood six foot three. I'm not quite six five eleven. But I want us to consider our family, our friends, don't always like us. Weren't always pleasing to them. I know they weren't pleasing to me either. It goes both ways. But yet, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the joy set before him, endured the cross for the likes of me, the likes of you. If indeed your faith is in James asks another very pertinent question. Go back to James chapter 2. 
In verse 15, he says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What good did you do? A person comes to you, no shoes, no coat, no food. Friday morning, they come to your door with no shoes on. And you say, depart, be warm and be filled. I don't know, we were seven below zero at my house when I got up Friday morning. It was cold. What profit would it be? You say, go, be warm, be filled. James, I believe here, directing our attention to the fact that there must be tangible works. There must be tangible substance to our faith. No. To say, go and be filled and do nothing for them. What's the value? They have faith. And not have tangible works to go along with it. What is its value? James makes a statement. He does not ask a question. He said with a certainty that faith must have tangible works to be of a benefit. This is not his opinion. This is a fact stated by James. Look at verse 18. Yea, a man say, Thy faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I will show you my faith by my works. Now, James wasn't giving his opinion. James was writing because he was moved by the Spirit of God to make this declaration. A man may say, Thou hast faith. And he can. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Works must accompany faith. Our faith must be workable. It must have tangible benefits. He goes on in verse 19, building on that statement. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou dost well. That thou also believe. And they tremble. Notice what the, the devils that believe do. They tremble. The devils are affected by their knowledge of this one God. But wilt thou know, O, man, o vain man, that faith without works is dead? It's not an accent that James follows verse 18 with verse 19 and 20. 
I believe James asked the question. You say you believe in God. You tremble. Honestly, ask yourself, does the idea of God, a thrice holy God, the creator of heaven and earth, he that sits on his throne, he that's going to judge the world, does he make you tremble? Or are you so familiar with him? Well, he's my, he's my old father. And there's no reason to tremble through him. He loves me. It's all good. We don't have any problems. I don't believe you know the God that the devils know. Because these devils tremble. Do you believe in his great and mighty power? We were talking between services about the volcano that's erupting in Hawaii. These eruptions, earthquakes, this cold snap we had last week, that's the power of God's creation. It was cold. You ever stop and think it can be 110 degrees in St. Louis? It can also be 10, 20 below zero in St. Louis. That's the power of God His creation. But it goes a little further. We talk about faith, or repentance towards God and faith in Christ. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 29, Mark chapter 1 and verse 24 and Luke chapter 4 and verse 34 we find there that the demons recognized who Jesus Christ was as he approached them they knew who he was even two of those cases they asked him are you come to destroy us? They know that he can destroy them. Do you think that way about Christ? Do you see Christ having the power that God has? Do you see Christ as the brother said this morning? God the Son. God the Father. God is unlimited in his power can you actually say you don't tremble come on the God that's going to save you has got to make you amazed he's got to if you can be willy nilly about God I question your faith the devils don't they do not take God nor Christ lightly. They do not. And yet we, who God sent Christ to this earth to save as many as he gave them and as many as come unto him, he will not cast away. Do not tremble. Do not marvel at their power. 
you really believe he has the power to save you? He that began the work is going to complete it. Do you believe that? Faith is far more than I think we give it credit for being. Does your supposed faith affect the way you believe, or the way you see God and Christ? Faith without evidentiary works is dead. Three times James says this in these verses. Look at verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And if it's dead, it is of no value. It is of no profit. It cannot do a thing for you. He doesn't leave us alone, though. He doesn't leave us wondering. He gives us two examples of working faith. What faith should do how faith should be showed. Abraham, verse 21 through 24, wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Now we're told in Hebrews that Abraham was convinced that somehow God was going to raise that boy from the dead. Abraham's convinced of it. He had faith. So much faith that he would take his son, place him on the altar, and sacrifice him to God because he was sure that his God was going to raise up his son. That faith was justified. His faith was justified. His faith was made complete in the fact that Abraham did not withhold his son from God, knowing that God could do what no one else could. I firmly believe he was going to. Rahab, verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. There's more to that verse than what's just there. You want to see the rest of the story, go to the book of Joshua, chapter 2, and read verses 1 through 11. Because Rahab said, we've heard what your God has been doing. We heard what your God was doing to the nations around you. We want that God. We tremble at that God. I'm going to help you get out of here. I'm going to send you back. I'm not going to let them have you. 
But you know, Rahab also did something else, though. She said, remember, those are my house, my family. Be mindful of them. She believed that the God of the Jews could deliver her family. It was addressed, it was mentioned several times this morning. Our children, our brothers, our sisters, our parents, our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents. In my case, my grandparents, well, wherever they are, they're going to be there for eternity. But I do fear for my brothers, my, my children. I fear for my three remaining brothers. I fear for my grandchildren. I fear for all the children that least that I have together. All of our children, our grandchildren, our brothers and sisters. But you know something? God can save them too. Every single one. You know, there's, I've heard say that you don't believe in miracles? I'm one of them. But you know something? You're not the only miracle. God can save anyone that comes to him in Christ. But you know what? We need to tell them of Christ. We need to preach Christ. We have to believe that God, through the preaching of the word, saved us. He opened eyes to see our need for a savior. And God chose the full of preaching to save those that believe. Then we need to tell our children, our grandchildren, our colleagues at work. We need to tell them of Christ. I want to conclude with a simple question. Is your faith demonstrated? Are there works that go along with your faith? I'm asked one question. Have you followed Christ in baptism? The first work of faith. The first thing we can do Follow Christ in baptism. Repent and be, be baptized. Not to be saved, but because you are. Have you? And I don't mean to call the trouble in the churches. But simply, that's a work that God's given us to do. You know, we balk at people saying that Acts 2.38 is the way of salvation. Baptist never saved anybody. But folks, if you're saved, let the world know. Repent towards God. Faith towards Christ. And be baptized. And let the work grow from there. I'm going to be quiet now. I'm going to let Mel come up and say what he has to say. Whoa, go sit down. Who, who said that? Amen. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Let brotherly love continue. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Victor.